You are listening to the New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glennis Langley. Enjoy. We just want to welcome you back today, and we are so happy that you tune in one more time, and we know that you will be blessed. Why? Because there is a word from the Lord. Well, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. Glory be to our God. Truly, my friends, our God is an awesome, awesome God. Well, indeed, there is a word from the Lord today. And that word is coming from the book of Hebrews chapter 12, and verse 15. That's Hebrews 12 and verse 15. And I read, it says, Looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defied. If you would stay with me for the next few minutes, I'd like to talk to you on the subject, the enemy within. The enemy within. You know, my friends, there are three powerful evils which works from within us to hinder our spiritual growth and our spiritual progress. I love that because I need to repeat that one more time. I said that there are three powerful evils which works from within us to hinder our spiritual growth and our spiritual progress. It is my intention, however, to discuss these evils, hoping to help someone who has not been aware of these deadly evils working from within us. The text that we read says, Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. Notice that the word says root of bitterness implying something more than a passing fancy or temporary passion. It goes beyond just passion or a passing fancy stuff. Root indicates that the bitterness goes deeply into the soul and condition deeply and firmly implanted. A condition deeply and firmly planted in the soul. Bitterness is not just an engrafted branch or even leaves that can be easily be cut off, but a root which has taken a firm hold and is difficult to be rid of. Mm-hmm. Romans eleven sixteen says, if the root be holy, watch this now, so are the branches. Therefore, we might say that if the root of bitterness is in the soul, so is the whole nature of that individual. One drop of ink in a glass of clear water discolors the whole glass. And you know that to be true. Just so the root of bitterness discolors, the root of bitterness wraps, the root of bitterness influences the whole being. And that's why we have to be careful because the text tells us, man, be careful because the root of bitterness can spring up in a flash and mess us up. 
there are many things which causes bitterness. And time will, will never allow us to talk about the many things that can cause bitterness, jealousy, envy, pride, and the list goes on and on. But the results can all be classified under two headings. Watch this. One is bitterness towards God. God sometimes has to deal with his children in chastisement. And because of the chastisement, some become bitter and complain against him. But the Bible, the Bible tells us that no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. They think he has not dealt fairly with them and that he has put more upon them than he has put upon anyone else. That's, that's, how, we, that's how we think, you know, why, the why me stuff. So they ask that question, why did God allow this thing to happen to me? I'm a good person. I pay my tithes. I attend church. I this and I that. And so why did God allow this thing to happen to me? Watch this, my friends. They forget the word and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God to those who are called according to God's purpose. They forget that. So because of the blindness of their hearts, they allow bitterness to take root in their hearts against God. That's a terrible thing when we allow bitterness to take root in our hearts against the Creator, against the Master, against our Father. Secondly, and even more frequently, people become bitter towards their fellow man. Someone treats them unkindly, someone treats them unjustly, and right away, the root of bitterness springs into action. And you do not have to tell me, but I know that all of us, sometime or the other, in our life, in our ministry, in our walk with God, experience that truth that I am talking about. And it doesn't take a whole lot for the root of bitterness to spring into action and mess us up. The sad, sad part of this is that most people are not willing to make things right. For a minor thing, a little thing, they, they, they go years and years carrying this weight in their hearts that bitterness has taken that stronghold in their lives. And so they go on and on and they refuse to admit that something is wrong and they carry that burden. They go to church, they sing in the choir and probably even preach and so on and so forth. But that bitterness is in them and they refuse, they fail to make it right. Bitterness has so distorted their outlook on life that they cannot observe the situation in its true perspective. They let the bitterness grow until it dominates the whole being. They let it grow day after day and until it dominates their whole being, their whole life. And what a sad situation that is, my dear 
Friends, the scripture says, watch this now, let all bitterness, not some bitterness, it doesn't matter what the situation is or was, it says that we must let all bitterness be put away from you. That's the word of the Lord to the people of God. It really doesn't worth the struggle. It's not worth it. I am carrying this weight of bitterness in my heart day after day, night after night. Tell me, how can I worship God? How can I praise God? How can I pray to a true and a living God when, when I'm carrying the weight of bitterness in my heart? And in my life. So the word of God tells us we must put away all bitterness. The root of bitterness is an evil thing. It is, watch this, it is so evil that it is dividing churches. Mm -hmm. Bitterness, breaking up homes and families. Bitterness, destroying good friendship and good relationship. Let me warn you, my friends, if bitterness is controlling your life, do yourself a favor today and let it go. Mm. If you do not get anything else in this world today, get this. If bitterness is controlling your life, do yourself a favor and let it go today. Don't wait till tomorrow to let it go. Let it go now because really, my friends, it's not worth it. Bitterness will rob you out of your joy. You cannot be a joyful person, a happy person, if bitterness is in your heart and in your life. You may act like you are happy. You may act like you are joyful for a minute, for a moment, until that thought pops in again of bitterness and it messes your life up. The number two, that other evil, Care. Hear what Jesus said in 1 Peter 5, 7. Jesus asked us in that text, 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, he said to cast not some of your cares, not just part of your cares. Jesus said to cast all our cares upon him because he cares for you. Care chokes the development of the inner Life. Let me say that one more time. I said, care chokes the development of the inner life. People who worry are not people who are trusting. A fretful, worried person cannot grow in grace and in the knowledge of Christ. And that is why Jesus asked us to cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us. In the parable of the sower, we are told that the thorny ground hearers are they who are choked with cares and riches and the pleasures of this world, and as a result, bring no fruit to perfection. So many people are like that. We are choking with the cares and the worries and the struggles and the pleasures of this life. And we bring nothing to perfection with all of that. Oh yes, man, we, 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 we go after stuff. We, we, we strive after things. We, we want to be 
better than our neighbor. We want to be better than our friends and our loved ones. And we want to do things just to show them. And as a result, we choke ourselves with the cares and the worries of this life. And so, my friends, if you are choking yourself with the cares, the struggles, and the worries of this life, there is really no room for you to please God. In Philippians 4 and verse 6, we are told to be careful for nothing. In other words, in nothing, be anxious. Because God's word always points the way. Why are you anxious about tomorrow when you have not even completed today? So be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing because God's word will always point the way that we ought to go. Bring everything to God. The great thing, the little things. It doesn't matter what the situation is, my beloved friends. It doesn't matter what the cause is. The truth is we've got to bring everything to God in prayer. The songwriter puts it well. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Another verse says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So bring everything to him. Everything, my man. Whatever it is, take it to the Lord in prayer. Whether it's a big problem, a small problem, whatever it is, take it to the Lord in prayer. It doesn't matter. The hard experiences you, you go through, leave it all at his feet, my friends. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. He will answer your cry. He will take care of your problems. He will take care of business. All he is asking of us is to let our request, watch this now, is to let our request be made known to him, counting on his wisdom to do for you what is best for now and for eternity. When the Lord himself asks us to cast all our cares upon him, cast all our burdens upon him because he cares for us. The number three of the enemy within is cowardice. The truth is, no one likes to be called a coward. It is certainly an insult. Yet many of God's children are nothing short of cowards. Mm -hmm. Many of God's children are nothing short of cowards. In 2 Peter 1 and verse 5, that's 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 5 we read, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, courage, strength, and to virtue knowledge. Cowardice cripples a testimony. The one thing which impressed the rulers, causing them to sit up and take notice, was the courage of the early Christians. Mm-hmm. Those Christians stood up and confessed Christ in the face of death, in the face of torment, 
in the face of punishment, they stood up and confessed Christ boldly, putting us to shame today because we are afraid to stand up for what is right. We allow crooked people to dominate the world and to do stuff that is contrary to the word of God. And yet we, those of us who know the truth, we have the power in the name of Jesus to change society. We have the power in the name of Jesus to change our world because God himself says, if my people who are called by my name would only humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, God said he would hear from heaven. He would forgive our sins. He would heal our lands. But we do not have the courage to stand against corruption. So, so when they saw the boldness of Peter, they saw the boldness of John and perceived that they were just unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. And the Bible says they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So right here in this text, it's showing us in Acts 4 verse 13, it's showing us that we are missing the point today. We are lacking in our boldness and our courage and our walk with the master. So the question then is, where did they get their courage and where did they get their boldness? Mm. The answer to this question is, very easy. The answer is clear because they get their boldness, they get their courage from the Lord himself. So what is the problem with us today? Because God has not changed. He remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. All may change, all may change, but Jesus never. So where did they get their courage and their boldness from? They got it from the Lord who is able and willing to do for us extremely abundantly above all we could ever ask and think. The Holy Spirit had complete control of their hearts and of their lives. And this might be our problem today. Maybe the Holy Spirit doesn't have that complete control that he should in our hearts and in our lives. And that's probably why we do not have the boldness to stand up against, like I said earlier, corruption with politicians and even with religious people today. Therefore, the weak became strong then and the fear was replaced by courage. The fear was replaced by courage. We as Christians ought to be strong and we ought to be courageous. The old hymn of the faith says, Courage, brothers, do not stumble. Though your path be dark as night, there is a star to guide the humble. Trust in God and do the right. If you are a coward concerning your testimony, it will dampen the love for souls in your heart. If you are coward, my friends, concerning your testimony, that will dampen the love for souls in your heart heart. That's why Jesus left us in this world to do is to go into the highways and into the byways and to bring men to him, my friends. Uh, 
Go into all the world, he said, and preach the gospel to every creature, my friends. That's our task. That's what Jesus left us here to do, to bring souls to him. And so, if we are coward concerning our testimonies, then it, that's going to dampen the love we have for souls in our hearts. Cowardice was the cause of Peter, Peter's denial of the Lord. But the Bible tells us that Peter went out and wept in repentance. And later he took up for the crucified Christ in the face of death. When you allow God to be at work in your life, you allow the Spirit of God to take control in your life. That boldness that we are lacking and missing today will come back and be with us. Cowardice before men, being afraid of what they will do, shows a lack of confidence towards God. The Bible tells us time and time again that we ought to have confidence in God. It is better to trust in the Lord than for us to put confidence in man. It is better for us to have our faith anchored in God than to put our trust in men. It is better for us to keep our eyes focused on the one who is able to do for us great things than to put our confidence in man. Resources today wasted. Knowledge is fading away. Money is wasted because those of us who know Christ and those of us who know the truth of his words will not stand and voice the truth against what I said earlier, corruption, and stand against hatred in our world today. And you know, hatred and corruption and racism and all this stuff is abounding more and more. And, and I said earlier that we as believers, we have the power in the name of Jesus to turn these things away. Because I quoted that verse from Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and if they would pray and if they would turn from their own wicked ways, because I cannot be wicked and expect the world to be better when I am proclaiming the word of truth. I've got to change. There must be a change in me so there can be a change in the world. All of us want change. But we do not want the change to start with us, my friends. I came today to tell you that the change must start in me. And if that change starts in me, then that change will extend throughout the world. I love the song that says, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Ye soldiers of the cross, lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer Lost from victory unto victory, his army shall he lead till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. No time for us to be cowardice, it's time for us to stand and be bold for the cause of Christ. My friends, we are living in the last days. These are last moments of time and it is time for us to do as the songwriter says, to stand up. Stand up for Jesus. God bless you is my prayer for you.
You have just listened to a powerful message, the enemy within. And we know that we have an enemy and he is trying to destroy us or he's trying to distract us, but we will not allow it. We will be focused and we will look to the Lord who is our refuge. He is our deliverer and he will protect us. Amen. We never close our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you have never trusted him, we invite you to do so today because we are living in the last days. If you look around, you can see signs of the times. They are everywhere. And we know that Jesus is coming soon. So let us pray. Father God, we just want to thank you today. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy and for your grace. We pray for that one who have never trusted you, that they will come to know you as Lord and Savior of their life. We pray, God, you will speak to their hearts and that you will convict them of their sins. We pray for all our listeners, wherever they might be listening, that you will bless them. You will strengthen their heart, that they will continue to serve you in the beauty of holiness. Have your way, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you again for listening and do have a great week.